<laughs> no, this isn't the Woody Woodpecker show. This is the Harland Highway. You're at the right place. There might be a lot of woodpeckers here, but um, welcome, everybody. I am Harlan Williams. You are rolling down the Harland Highway with me. We got a fun show today. Oh, my God. I'm going to tell you about a, 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 an ancient soap opera that, that popped up from my past. Oh, yeah, something over a quarter of a century old, a, an old flame, if you will, came back to haunt me. In the most unexpected time and the most unexpected place, I'll talk about that later in the show. Also, an incredible new kind of futuristic food that uh, the world of technology is bringing to you and me. You're not going to believe this story. Uh, it, it's, it's almost unbelievable, but it's actually true. We're going to talk about that. And then also, on my last uh, podcast, I had asked you men to call in and tell me if you cried about things. Because we all know men aren't supposed to cry, right, ladies and gentlemen? So we got a call from one of the pavement pounders, and he opened up. He shared with us, with you, what makes him cry. So here we go. Get your box of Kleenex, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Harland Highway! You just made a wrong turn onto the Harland Highway. I am out here for you. You don't know what it's like to be me out here for you. It's like I picked the wrong week to quit smoking. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. Like I took the wrong week to quit drinking. I make you laugh. I'm here to fucking amuse you. You're riding down the Harland Highway with Harland Williams. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> what was it we had for dinner tonight? Well, we had a choice, steak, fish. Yes, yes, I remember I had lasagna. What do you mean funny? Funny how? How am I funny? It's like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamines. It's not a thought for Samantha thing to say. Welcome to the Harland Highway. I picked the wrong week to quit sniffing blue. One cheeseburger with everything coming out. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I, I guess it was just a matter of time in this day and age that we live in with the technological advances and the technologies and the technologicals and the tech technologicals check it out um this is a little startling but i i guess i'm not surprised a german company is printing keyword here printing a german company is printing Food for the elderly. What? Yeah, you heard me, uh, ladies and snagorgle flagons. Check this out, man. Talk about our technology advancing to a wild, wacky place. Uh, that is wild, wacky printed food. Uh, a German company is working on a 3D printed food extruder. Don't know what that is. That creates food that literally melts in your mouth, allowing elderly patients with dysphagia. I know I'm not saying that right. Dysphagia, which is the inability to swallow or to eat without choking. Dysphagia. Let's hope your girlfriend doesn't have it. Um, but this uh, this uh, printing company uses molecular gastronomy to create food that can be printed 
using a standard extruder-based printer. I know it's already too high-tech, but I think you get it. They're printing food. So here's what happens. The food solidifies as in, and is completely edible, but when it's eaten... It quickly dissolves in the mouth. Over 60% of older patients have problems swallowing. This could save lives by ensuring they don't aspirate food crumbs into their lungs. God, who wants to do that? Hi, I can't come into work today. Why is that? I I aspirated some food crumbs into my lungs. Okay. What kind of food? Well, that's some red velvet cheesecake. I'm having trouble breathing. Listen. <laughs> oh, yeah, you, you'd sound exasperated deep down in your lung. Um, so here it is. The product itself can be molded and extruded in different ways, and you can add colorants and texturizers to make things look and taste almost like the real thing. Now, according to this company's website, the powder mixtures of Ceno Pro Series, don't know what that is, enable universal implementation so that both family caregivers and professional cooks and nurses can easily make the new diets, appetizers, main dishes, desserts, and snacks can now custom fit, balanced, and also be made visually appealing above all things. A food with all your senses, pleasure, and enjoyment is possible again. A structured, daily functioning diet can be restored. This product will be available for use in 3D printers this year. It is a true customized food, and it's a fascinating use of technology. Holy smokes, gang. I mean, you thought the uh, those little ink cartridges cost a fortune? Can you imagine uh, printing yourself up a lobster dinner? Yeah, that'll be uh, $6,000 for the the lobster. You print it up. Uh, what, what What's a nice ribeye steak dinner going to cost you? I mean, just the, the, the colorizing and texturizing cartridges... How much for a uh, a cartridge full of uh, chocolate icing? And uh, we all know our printers get jammed, paper jams. What do you do when you, you, you get a lasagna stuck in the motor of your printer? Oh, damn it, I can't print my dinner. Why not, Ted? Well, there's a damn cabbage roll stuck in my damn... Oh, God, now i got to unplug it and take it all apart. And good God, there's a there's some mint chocolate chip jammed up in the rotors. Good, good night. I should have just gone to McDonald's. No, you're gonna print me up some food. Can you imagine, imagine that kind of dinner date. Trying to impress a, a woman or a or a boyfriend or a girlfriend. You have them over for dinner. Candlelight. Nice soft music. Hmm? Oh, David, this is so, so wonderful, so romantic. Thank you, Barbara. What? I, I don't smell any food cooking. I thought we were having dinner. Oh, dinner will be ready in about ten seconds. I don't understand. I, I don't see the oven on. I don't, I don't smell anything cooking. Hang on, let me get my laptop. 
Click. What, what's that sound? That's your roast beef Wellington. Arriving, my dear. What? And that's your chocolate mousse. I, I don't understand. Would you like an appetizer? I'd love one. Shrimp cocktail? Of course. From Hewlett Packard? What? So, I don't know, man. I don't know how it's going to work out, but welcome to the future. Holy crap. Printing your food. I can just imagine uh, someone opening a fast food joint now. Where you just go in and uh, get your crap. You can can email your, your order in and they print it up when you walk in the door. So enjoy. I just hope uh, all your food items are numbered and collated. Hello? Hello? Hey, Arlinda, this is John calling out from Seattle, Washington. Uh, just came back from uh, college today, um, <laughs> at least my first week of uh, college today in my fourth quarter. I was listening to Flashback Show number 25, and on the Flashback Show, you basically asked the question to all men, what is it that you basically happen to cry about? And you were like, you know, man up, be a man, call into the show, and let us all know what it is that you actually happen to cry about. You know, do men actually happen to cry more than women? Uh, probably not as much, but I certainly, for one, happen to cry a lot. I cry when it rains out here, even though I probably shouldn't. Washington State, including Seattle, is pretty well known for raining a whole lot. So I very rarely get a really nice day outside, much of anything, like hiking or walking or just taking in a nice, beautiful day without it really raining. It's very rare here, especially for me. So I cry about that. Heck, I even cry if I don't get a 4.0 GPA. But luckily for the past four quarters that I've been in my college, I've been on the dean's list, or at least I made the dean's list. So I have a 4.0 GPA, and I like to attribute it to uh, you, actually, uh, kind of the butt a little bit, giving me personal motivation and saying, you know, flash by the horns, go all balls about it, and just, you know, give it your best. You never know that you're, you know, what you're worth or how much you're worth without actually giving it your best. So, you know, there is obviously going to be some failure in there, but if you don't actually, you know, give it your best. So, yeah, that's pretty much what I cry about. I cry about school and I cry about the weather. All right, thanks. Have a great weekend. Well, there we go. John, thank you uh, so much for your call. Uh, yeah, you're, you're right, John. I did do a uh, flashback show where I talked about I, I opened my soul, I bared my soul to you pavement pounders and, and told you that sometimes, yes, your humble host cries. Uh, you know, I cry at various things like any human being. I cry, but a lot of men... And a lot of people don't cry, or they cry, but they don't show it. They don't talk about it. They don't like to admit it. Um, And I guess I talked about one of the things that used to make me cry. I used to watch this crazy show called Highway to Heaven, and it used to make me cry out loud. I was just like, me, 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 me. But, John, first of all, thank you for being man enough to step up to the plate and admit you cry. 
Uh, second of all, I'm I'm glad that I was off, uh, off uh, able to offer you a little inspiration along the way. That's part of what this podcast is about. I try to entertain, but also uh, maybe enlighten a little bit, maybe inspire. Uh, that's good to hear, man. And uh, most of all, uh, you know, it's just good to know that you're tapped into your emotions. The only downside to your call is that you said you cry when it rains and you live in Seattle, which is probably, I think, the, one of the rainiest spots in, in the United States of America, if not the rainiest spot. It, I've been to Seattle, man. It rains and rains and rains and rains. And now I'm starting to wonder if maybe it rains because you're crying all the time. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's cause and effect. But boy, oh boy, if, if the rain makes you cry, John, you must be crying just about every day. The only good news is when when you're crying in, in a place uh, that's where it's raining all the time, it's uh, no one can tell you're crying. They're just thinking, oh, look at that man with the raindrops on his face. Someone give him a towel. Oh, uh, those aren't raindrops. He's crying. No, no, those are raindrops. Give him a towel. I'm telling you, he's crying. How do you know he's crying? Well, because there's a spear through his chest. Oh, okay. Um, it's kind of like that old uh, that old line at the end of Blade Runner when uh, Rutger Hauer is dying. And he, he gives his big uh, emotional death speech, and he goes, uh, All those moments will be lost in time like tears in rain. Time to die. So, yeah, you, you know, you, you, at least you got a little camouflage for your tears. But that's sad. You know what, John? Maybe it's time to move, man. It sounds like you're, you're a smart guy. It sounds like you're doing great in school. And maybe what you do is you finish your school and get your degree in whatever and move your sweet butt to Hawaii or Bermuda or Arizona or Florida. And, uh, you know, the last thing we want you to be is, is crying and unhappy and sad. Um, so, so, you know, finish school, which you said also makes you cry. Yeah, that's pretty much what I cry about. I cry about school and I cry about the weather. So finish crying at school, get in a, in a truck and drive out of the rain, feel your, your tear ducts start to dry as you head east, southeast towards Arizona, Nevada, maybe straight across the country into Florida, and live a good, happy, 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 cheerful life where you're not going to get rained on and you can hang your diploma on the wall because you're all finished school and then you can get to crying about what the rest of us cry about in life, our relationships, our finances, our yada, yada, yeah, whatever. So thanks for sharing. If any of you guys want to share, especially you men, if you want to share your crying stories, um, hey, you can uh, you can uh, give us a call at harlowilliams.com. Go to harlowilliams.com. You'll find the phone number where you can leave a voicemail the way John did. Very courageous. Thanks for bearing your soul, John. And uh, get some Kleenex. Get in that car and dry them tears.
Now, to be certain that I have this straight, I'll re-recapitulate. Okay, you ready for a funny story that happened to me today? This, this was kind of bizarre, funny, tragic, sweet, all the rest of it. So, uh, as you know, as I've been telling you guys, I'm, uh, I'm in Vancouver, and I'm shooting season two of my uh, Canadian sitcom package deal. And uh, we're we're motoring away. We're we're uh, we're whipping through the episodes, having a blast. And uh, for this ep- new episode we're doing this week, they brought in a guest star, a female guest star, to uh, to play a role in the show. And uh, you know she uh, she shows up and uh, and uh, she's on set and she's there for the first time. And uh, I introduced myself where we're standing on the set getting ready to rehearse uh, our first scene with this guest star. And uh, I say to her, I say, oh, what's your name? And she says, yada, yada, yada. And I said, I said, oh, okay. And, you know, we milled around a bit. And then I was making small talk. And I said, uh, oh, um, so where are you from in Canada? And she goes, oh, I'm from Toronto. And I said, oh, cool. I'm from Toronto originally. I go, what part are you from? And uh, she goes, well, uh, I think we've met before. And I go, oh, we have? And she goes, yeah, a long time ago we hung out. And I go, we did? And she goes, yeah, we went on a date together. And I said, we did? And she goes, yeah, it was the worst date I've ever had in my life. And I'm not kidding. That's what she said to me. Oh, my God, I started laughing, and my co-stars were standing with me, and my my producer and the showrunner of the show, and they, their jaws just all dropped uh, because they couldn't believe it. They couldn't believe what they were hearing, and it kind of plays into the character I play on, on the sitcom. On the sitcom is, is kind of this womanizing kind of guy who has zero respect for women and just kind of dates anyone he can wherever he can however he can he's kind of a sleazy guy and here's this this uh this this beautiful actress where uh art's imitating life and she just came out with all this stuff right in front of everyone and everyone was just like dying laughing and i'm laughing my ass off and then uh and then i look at her and I go, I go, wait a minute, did you live in this area? And she goes, yeah. And I said, did you used to be blonde? And she's like, yeah. And I said, did you do a donut commercial? Because, you know, Canadians love their donuts, and that's what our commercials are about. You Americans get car commercials. We have donut commercials, duh. She goes, yeah, yeah, you, that's the one. And I said, oh, my God. I said, you, you lived, like, right down the street from me. In fact, you lived in the next apartment. She goes, yeah, it's me. And I go, holy smokes. I go, was it really the worst date ever? And she goes, yeah, it was the worst date of my life. And I go, well, what happened? I don't remember. She goes, you picked me up in your car. And I'm like, yeah. And she goes, you took me you took me downtown. Yeah. And then she said, you took me to the food court. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's that sounds like me. And... You ate, and I didn't have anything. And I'm like, okay, I get that. You, she was a hot, young, like, gorgeous actress model girl. And I'm like, yeah. And she goes, well, I sat there and watched you eat in the food court. Yeah. This sounds like a great date to me, by the way, so far. And then what? And then she goes, well, then 
you drove me back home and dropped me off and said, see you later. And I'm like, wow, that was the worst date? That sounds, I said to her, that sounds like the best date ever. And we laughed and we hugged and, and, uh, and it was just, it was hilarious, man. Talk about a blast from the past. And I'm talking about this happened, this happened probably 25 years ago, man. 25 years ago, and, and now, you know, me me and this girl look a little bit older, and she's still beautiful, and, well, I'm still gorgeous, of course. <laughs> you know, it's all that food court food that's made me gorgeous. Um, so anyways, I started, like, rewinding the tapes in my head, and I go, I go wait a minute. I, I said, let me try and explain myself, and she's like, please do. And I'm like, okay. And I said, I seem to remember all those years ago when I took you out for the date. I remember seeing you with this kind of big, like, kind of scraggly, overweight guy with long hair and a goatee and or something like that. And 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 you said you were living with him, but he was an ex-boyfriend, but you were still living with him. And then I kind of asked a few of my friends that knew her, and they said, yeah, that that's her boyfriend, and they're kind of broken up, but they're still living together. And I said to her, I said, I said, when I heard all that stuff, it spooked me. I said, you were this gorgeous, you know, skinny, blonde actress girl who was really hot, and, and I thought you were really awesome, and I wanted, you know, obviously I asked you out on a date, and you said yes. But then as soon as I kind of saw that you were kind of still had one foot in the water, and who knows how much. I mean, you know, for all I know, it could have been over. But when I was younger, I was one of those real, like, I don't know. I was one of those real, like, kind of guys that, like, you don't mess with another guy's woman. And, you, you know, you do the right thing and you don't get involved if there's something going on. I mean, that was the moral side of me. But then there was the uh, the pain in the ass side of me. It was like, oh, man, I don't want to start liking a girl who's still kind of mixed up with her boyfriend and, and she's living with them. Like, ladies, th- this is a little love tip. Like, when it's over, don't still be living with your ex. Like, for any new guys coming along, that's just a giant annoyance. That's just a giant red flag. It's like... We we want to get to know you. We we want to know that the coast is clear, that you're emotionally free, that you're physically free. I don't want to. The last thing I want to do is take you out for a nice dinner, a movie, kissing by the side of the lake, and then I drive you home. I pull up in front of your place, and we look in each other's eyes, and we kiss, and we both acknowledge what a beautiful night it was. It was so romantic. It was just perfect. Oh, Harland. Harlan, what a great night. I haven't felt like this in so long. Oh, my God. what? When can I see you again? I'm, oh, this was just magical. Now I'm going to go inside. My boyfriend Eddie's staring out the window. You see what I mean? It's like, so back in the day, I was, I was just one of these guys. I didn't know how to handle that. I didn't want to get mixed up as, as beautiful and sexy as she was. I didn't want to get in the middle. I didn't want to have to deal with any old relationships. And, you know, how do you get around a, a woman living with her ex? 
you got to figure, are, are they in the, in the same bed? Do they, where do they sleep at night? Do they ever stumble home drunk one night? Nah, come on, baby, let's do one for old time's sake. I mean, we live, we're both here, it's two in the morning. Yeah, okay, <laughs> let's, do, let's do it, but we're not getting back together. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about, baby. So no one wants to deal with that. So I, I, I think that's what happened. And I told her, I, I said, look, you, you, you had this guy lingering around, and that kind of freaked me out and scared me off. And she's like, oh, okay. And then we both kind of stood there, and I, I kind of went into, uh, well, what if mode? What if I had just, like, said, screw it and gone for it or whatever? And then she said to me, she goes, she goes, I felt horrible after that date. And I go, why? And she goes, well, you're like this super funny guy. You're like this big comedian guy. And I thought that you thought I was really boring and never wanted to talk to me again. And I'm like, oy vey, oy vey. So that, that's a little hilarious. How about that? that? Now, there's an interesting topic. You ever have an old date? come back and show up in your face 25 years later or even 10 years later, maybe five years later. So needless to say, this is a real life thing that played out right in my face and in front of all my coworkers. And I thought it was hilarious, but in a way, maybe it gave her a little, a little closure because you know me, I didn't think about it. I was just like, Oh man, she's hot, but I, I'm not going to stick around. But uh, t- truth be told, to be 100% honest, I have thought about her uh, in those past 25 years. In fact, I think there was a time recently, not too long ago, when she entered my mind. Because, you know, I always thought about, you know, how pretty she was and how nice she was. And, you know, why didn't I pursue that? And so maybe maybe this gives me a bit of closure too, but for her, she's the one I didn't walk away feeling bad. I just walked away feeling confused. She walked away feeling bad wherein she stated that she thought uh, I thought she was boring, which uh, which which is not the case. I in fact, I didn't have enough time to get to know her to know if she's boring, but she's clearly not boring. I mean, she's done very well in the uh, film and TV industry and blah, blah, blah. So so there you go, a little blast from the past, a little a little uh, quarter-century-old soap opera slaps the kid in the face today, and everyone got to watch it. A lot of fun. It was unexpected as hell, um, but luckily she has a sense of humor about it, and I had a sense of humor about it, and uh, who knows, Maybe maybe I'll just pick up where we left off and take her out on a date later this week and drop her off at her house to her husband and kids. Um, three, four. <laughs> so there you go. Um, I think that's a sweet spot to end the show right there with an, with an unsolved mystery. 25 years ago, a stupid man asks a girl out on a date, takes her to a food court and Makes her watch him eat egg rolls and chicken fingers. If you or anyone you know know anything about this horrible date, please. Whatever. Um, so there we go. We'll leave it there. A um, lot of fun. And uh, 
Tune in next time. Thanks for being here, gang. Uh, as I said, let me know if you have any weird, outstanding dates that came back to haunt you. Phone numbers at harlanwilliams.com, right on the homepage. You can also email me at harlanwilliams.com. Visit the store while you're there. Check out my stand-up comedy schedule while you're there. Um, make sure you click on the Google, the uh, the uh, Amazon link when you're there. It, it gives us a little kickback if you shop on Amazon through our link. Um, also subscribe to my free YouTube channel, which is there. Doesn't cost you a cent, but you get to watch my wacky videos. Um, what else can I tell you? Check out ATC, allthingscomedy.com, where you can find other great, uh, comedic podcasts. Uh, also my own is featured there, of course. And, uh, that's it. We are going to leave it right there. And, uh, until next time, no more crying. No more food courts, just a great big bowl of chicken chow mein, baby! <laughs> <laughs>